Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies, gentlemen, and all configurations of being, listen well and heed my warnings, for the worlds we face are vast and wonderful. Welcome to the Sky Machine. lost, aren't you? he asked, pushing himself off the low ledge, which was still enough of a height to wobble his stance as he landed. He straightened himself, popped his hands to his hips, and cocked his head to the side. I am quite aware of my bearings, thank you, she replied and pulled the faintly glowing orb to her chest before turning and continuing down a narrow path between two cottages. The buildings of this town were tightly packed and cobbled together, stacked and leaning on each other for support, like drunkards at sunrise. Before she reached the next intersection, she heard his squat feet padding on the ground behind her. She took the path to her right, frowning as she stepped into the soft green haze of the overhead sap lanterns. I know my way around here real good, miss, he said, drawing her to a stop as he tumbled into her path, gazing up from below his mushroom cap at her. Really, it's no trouble. She looked down her nose and straightened her shoulders, towering over him at twice his height. I am an apprentice of the Mahonia Conjunction. I need no assistance from any Morel child. She moved past him, the leaves on her head shivering and turning yellow as she made her way down the street, leaving the ring of light that the lanterns cut through the dark. Excuse me, I am Rasula and I am not a child, he huffed. I turned eight two weeks ago. He plodded after her, small legs struggling to keep him in pace with her stride. And you might be in the Conjunction, sure, but you're just a neophyte apprentice, aren't you? She stopped in place and spun on her heel to tower over him. How did you know that? She demanded, the bark on her back bristling and extending like the scales of an opening pinecone. He looked up at her, wringing the hem of his baggy tunic with stubby hands, avoiding her glowing yellow eyes. I was in the marketplace when you and your mentor arrived the other day. Those bracelets around your feet were blue. That means you just started your training, right? She frowned, sending a soft pulse of yellow light and a wave through the gaps in her bark. You know an awful lot about our customs, Rasula. She folded her arms and scowled down her nose at him. I have a lot of spare time and I like hanging out in the market. He straightened his shoulders and looked up at her through long eyelashes. There have been a lot of dryads showing up lately. Oh, and I really like that thing you do where you walk out of the tree. He held his hand up flat and mimed someone walking out of it with the other. So cool. He grinned and gathered up his arms like he was trying to put a lid on his excitement. She chuckled, shook her head, 
mostly to herself. Well, I'm glad someone finds our work as interesting as I do. She looked over her shoulder at the dark street she had been walking. You are lost, aren't you? He asked, pointing his feet in at each other and peering up from under his cap. I... She began to defend, studying him bobbing up and down with big brown eyes. She sighed and her shoulders sagged. Yes, I have no idea where I am. Faint moss crawled up her cheeks and ears. That's okay. This place is like a maze, and we're probably lower down than most of the other towns you've been to. He shrugged. It's harder to navigate when you can't see the canopy. He turned and started walking down the road behind them, and she followed. I've lived here my whole life. Know this place like my own gills, he said, running a doughy hand over the corrugated underside of his cap. She let out a breath, and her leaves began to fade back to green. You're interested in us then? She asked as they walked to the edge of the short road and began to climb a ladder to the next tier. Are you kidding? Dryads are awesome! He heaved himself up onto the landing of what was the Woodrow tier, according to a nearby inscription. You guys are like superheroes! She couldn't help but laugh, shaking her head with a twist at the corner of her lips, flexing her ankles instinctively. That's awfully flattering. I wouldn't say the same myself, but I appreciate the notion. He extended a hand to help her up and she took it, though his short stature and soft build provided little more than moral support. She cradled the orange orb to her chest. You speak awful fancy. How old are you? I'm 87, this wind cycle. His eyes grew wide and his mouth fell agape. Holy moly, lady! 87? That's wild! She laughed in an exhalation and studied him for a moment. Dryads have long lifespans, Rasula. By our standards, I'm not even an adult yet, technically. He rubbed his temple, transferring dirt from his fleshy fingers to his forehead. So we're like, the same age. But you're already more years than I'll ever be. That's... He put his hands to his indistinct waist and huffed. That's kind of awesome. They walked across a pair of planks to a platform holding three small terraces, beyond which was a rickety bridge. Across the bridge was a gathering of shops and workshops, bug stations and towering apartments. They wandered through the darkened town, up winding staircases of tiered fungus, over temporary scaffolding made of sticks and sap, and under archways of hanging moss. Up and over, around and across, further and toward. She asked him how the lanterns worked, and he told her about the sap pipelines. He asked her about other towns and other trees. She told him about Hartwood, and how they built their homes inside the bark, not just on it. He marveled at her stories, and she quietly contemplated his. They walked past darkened windows and quiet marketplaces, till his pace slowed and crawled and stopped altogether. Rasula, what's wrong? He frowned, facing the wall of fungus, hands on hips. I don't... I don't want to dink up the vibe. He jutted an outstretched arm at the wall. But I swear to Chaffinch this wasn't here yesterday. He scratched his chin and tilted his head like he was analysing a painting. She couldn't believe it. Lost again. She tightened her jaw, closed her eyes, and let a quick breath out of her nose, like one would when going to use a voucher to be told it expired a day ago. Like your gills, you said? She pinched the bridge of her nose. Well, I know the Agaric district, at least. I'm not really supposed to go much further than that. She pulsed a wave of a yellow glow, and he saw the leaves along the back of her neck start to harden and splinter. 
Oh, I burn! She cursed, planting a foot in the floor. Varys is going to have my bark for this. She curled her hands around the orb and began to forge her way back the way they came. Wait, don't leave! Before he could stop her retreat, a rush of orange light illuminated their path, and as a voice began to boom in their direction, the young mushroom recognized in the newly born light the gravity of their surroundings. The walls towered above him, smooth, featureless, and gold. At their top, polished carapaces refracted light from blazing sap hearts down onto them. It was silent, as he had heard it would be, but he felt heat radiating from its slanted walls enough to brown his cap. Ah, uh, Dryad? He called after her and ran to where she had been making her leave. He reached high to grab her hand and pulled her with a start to follow and run. What are you? This is the Sun Corral! Her eyes went wide. She knew what that meant. She held his hand tight, fingers growing into an unbreakable grip. As shouts echoed behind them and heavy footfalls rained down on what they could now see as a polished wooden floor, they ran hand in hand. He pumped his short legs, wheezing and falling behind. She felt his pace slow and in a quick movement pulled him up and carried him like a sack of potatoes as she slid down a ladder, darted down an alley to the right, and sprinted between the dark cottages. Tucking him under an arm and holding an Inoki banister with another, she swung herself over the edge of a platform and landed with a roll of a polypore awning onto the floor of the tier below. She stretched out a long wooden arm and held him tight to the wall of a shambled terrace, holding a finger to her mouth to quiet him as he attempted to regain his breath. They held their silence till her instincts told her the guards had passed and the two of them collapsed under the weight of their exhaustion. That was... He trailed off, miming an emotion with his hands that she took to mean absolutely crazy in a good and bad way. They laughed through heavy breaths and trailed off to silence. And the quiet reminded her. Her eyes went wide and she put her hands to her chest, to her waist, and then began to pad the ground around her, spinning in circles on her knees, searching desperately. What's wrong? He asked, seeing distress mounting in her. The amber. Where is it? He faltered, realizing the orange orb was gone. I... I must have dropped it while we were running. She pulled herself to the edge of the platform to crane over, hoping to gauge its faint glow in the distance. Maybe I left it in the corral. I'm sorry, I could have run a little faster. He tried to stretch out a hand, but hesitated before he touched her. She let out a huff and frowned for a moment, gripping her thumbs like they were distress flares. <sighs> Better it than you, she muttered, nearly inaudibly. She sighed, long and tired, and leant herself up against the wall of the building, knees to her chest and head in her hands. Varys is just going to love this. She trailed off and ran her fingers through the short leaves on her head. He knelt beside her, raising a hand, reassessing and lowering it again. Let's go find it. She raised her head slowly and looked at him like he just asked her what a tree is. We can't go back up there, you know that. And besides... She looked down at her hands. Paris wanted that amber like two hours ago. I'm already burnt. He set his intentions and shook his head before pulling himself to his feet. We got out of there once, we can do it again. He lowered a pudgy hand to her. And if you're burnt anyway, might as well give it a shot. She looked from his hand, four fingers waggling, up to his face, soft and steadfast. You don't need to put yourself in danger for me. Are you kidding? Walking right up to the corral? Twice? With my new dryad friend? He put his hands to his hips, 
They're not going to believe this show and tell next week. She laughed and wiped a bead of dew from the corner of her eye. She took his hand and stood to her feet. My name is Lefice. She smiled. I'm glad I have a friend as brave as you. He grinned and shook her hand. And I'm glad my new friend's a grasshopper. Nice to meet you, hopper friend. I'm Sanren. Sanren Algasulabug. They looked out from the ledge of the platform, out into the dark void of vague silhouettes. Below, trunks and bark twisted and fell to roots never seen. From where they stood, they saw darkened windows and towering apartments, rickety bridges and twisted cottages cobbled together, stretching up towards a canopy that they knew was up there, somewhere. So Alicia, generally what we'll do is uh, in this section is we'll each have ideas that we'll bring to the table and then mm-hmm. we'll discuss them. Mm-hmm. But for our inaugural episode, um, we've already decided on one beforehand. Yes. Would you like to introduce it? I suppose so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think our beginning concept for this was pretty much big trees. Big trees. Big trees. But, um, but like really big trees? Yes. We're thinking... <laughs> ridiculously sort of well i I think we wanted to start with familiar ground so we wanted to go with a fantasy sort of genre for this first world i'm personally picturing a particularly large ancient forest where the trees are so big that the civilizations that live on their branches have never seen the bottom and Mm -hmm. have never seen Mm -hmm. the top yeah um like an eternal uh in D &D they have the idea of like the eternal planes elemental planes because there's the elemental planes and then there's like in some planescapes you have the eternal Mm. elemental planes or the infinite so there's the infinite plane of water which is just bottomless topless that is terrifying i know isn't it (laughs) it's the worst yeah but it's that but it's the infinite infinite plane of trees except they're not infinite they're just very very they're they're just very very big um so i think we're gonna kind of discuss the kinds of people that would live in this forest okay um and I also have a bit of a theory as to how it came about. Oh, which we can probably talk about. origin myth. Okay, should we cool. start with that? Or um, should we start with the people? If you have an idea, I think that that is a good thing to start with. I have ideas for both. Okay, um, so we chatted very, very briefly about this idea when I first proposed it. Hmm. Um, and you, you said that you think there'd be normal-sized trees as well. Yes. Which says to me that um, this is probably... Some specific species of tree that is doing this mm. um, to be able to have that distinction. We were talking about we learned about the Pacific redwood the other day, which is the biggest tree on earth. Yes. Um, so mm. I feel like so some redwood is a nice aesthetic, like this red bark yeah. and, and, and deep red wood. I I was thinking that perhaps this is some kind of magical um, species of tree that has been introduced. Mm. So I I picture that this world itself has a very magical core to it and this species was introduced and um, this particular species of tree can feed off that magical energy unlike the Mm, um, original plants can and so they've just grown absolutely massive. That ties in really well to I was talking earlier because we've tried not to discuss it too much but I had an idea for the Mm. magic system being Mm. very tree-based. So like all of it is very... um, like practical hands-on magic like mm. how witchcraft requires poultices and ingredients and stuff it's all yeah. different aspects of the tree yeah like i like that the tree produces maybe a multitude of fruits and you mm. can use the bark and the like the wood and stuff and like oil from it and stuff like that to, in all these different parts to make 
nice. the yeah. spell engines or whatever. Yeah, cool. I like that. Okay, so magical trees feeding off of the yeah. sort of source core. Well, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, so I, th- I think at some point, probably not today, we'll figure out yep. the actual process as to how this forest got started. Yep. But that that's my theory so far that it was some kind of introduced species because I so think... we have a, a sort of before state as, yeah, as something that so. we can and I don't think the entire think world is like this because I think I just like to have a lots of variations mm. on a world and it, this it means be... that we can explore more than one story in yeah this definitely. Setting. definitely and we can explore the interaction between multiple sort mm. of ideas yeah I think uh, talking about inspirations can be good like one thing that I'm drawing from is something that I would need to show you still is mm. um, Naushka or Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind which is a inverted commas Studio Ghibli movie um, oh cool yeah. yeah so the idea there is they have the big toxic forest and then there's, there's like the toxic jungle and then there's people living outside of it mm. who like venture in and, and stuff like that and the, the forest is like spreading out um, oh cool it's sort of a but this is I think a less malignant force this forest like mm. it's definitely an invasive species it it, it is but I, th- I, th- I think that was introduced it's not necessarily a negative impact on the ecosystem people can still live there yeah yeah definitely and um, like the the rest of the the environment is kind of adapted to this new species mm-hmm. so um, I assume it wasn't a peaceful adaptation but that's probably, probably not a, a but I, I, we can I I get the feeling this is been like this for a while now yes um especially if we're talking about entire societies and civilizations living in this forest yeah um to the point where they don't even know what's on the forest floor or above the canopy they've probably been there for a while i think that what we'll mostly be exploring is this um group of societies living in the trees who have no yeah they have no concept of the history before Mm. or anything outside Um, of that one thing i'm really really interested in exploring is kind of the mythology of it because mm. when i was looking into it i i got the idea of would they see this thing of kind of in a similar perspective like the norse um Yggdrasil? yeah the world tree yes yeah. the world tree that's it um like do they think that the roots are hell and yeah. the top of the trees are heaven or yeah. whatever and i was thinking um you know, know is, it, is it a that kind of sorry to interrupt no 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 go yeah. ahead is it a hierarchy system constructed of height? Like, mm. if you have a... Because we were imagining it like... We are talking about the trees are so massive that you can carve a whole town into, like, one like quarter of a yeah. side, you know, mm. in these little holes and things like yeah. that without ringing, ring-barking the tree. Yeah. Um, and then the I'm imagining, like, at least in certain belief systems, certain villages... The oh, the dog is snoring now. So sweet. I'm sorry, sweetie. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now she doesn't know what to do with herself. Sorry, okay, telling okay. me. Okay, she's just getting comfy now. Yeah. She'll be back to snoring in a few minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. The height-based hierarchy. So you have, say, like the leader of this town mm. is higher up on the tree. Like okay, they get yeah, a, a higher position and it's mm. probably associated with like deities and, yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that. Maybe they believe yeah that the deities live atop the trees. Or it could be the opposite. You know, maybe they get sources from like sources of food from below. That, that, that's true. Maybe, maybe uh, they would interpret it a different way considering they're very um, practical and earth-based kind yeah. of magic system as well. So yeah. maybe they think that the energy that comes from the earth, especially because the trees are feeding off of that, yeah. maybe that's seen as more of a divine thing than the sky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the sky could be the, the bad thing. The, you know, the, that's where the bright, harsh light is toxic. Exactly. Or maybe there are airborne creatures that are their enemies. Mm. I feel like that could be something interesting. Yeah, like, that could be interesting. Uh, big 
birds and insects and yeah. things like that. Um, Winged uh, creatures. Yeah. Mm. Some, something else I was also interested in is um, how different societies adapt and build their communities depending on what parts of the trees they're on. Yes. So if we set up a Discord, I'll put up photos of, of my inspiration for this, but in the meantime, I'll quickly show you. Oh, yeah, reference. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, they're just because I can't describe what I'm, um, what I'm thinking of. Um, so you see that kind of ridged bark? Yes, yes, yes. So, so like vertical striations in the sides of the bar. Yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking that there'd be some kind of societies when they don't have the technology or the means to actually dig into the bark. Because they'd be incredibly hard trees, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. They instead build little stacked buildings on the inside of those going oh, up. Oh, like so bridges, like, like switchback staircases between... Like oh, she has a, a drawing, of course. Yeah, that's perfect. That's yeah. exactly what I was imagining. Yeah. Um, that's phenomenal. I imagine it kind of... A bit of a Venice vibe, but also very kind of gritty and... Uh, so that's what, that's a, an important question. Yeah. What sort of real-world inspirations and what like level of advancement are we looking at exploring? I guess we can we can look at the whole history. Yeah. Um, a big inspiration for this podcast is Microscope, which is a very anachronistic yeah. game. You can look at it mm-hmm. from any part of the history. So what what are you most interested in? Like a, like a steampunk vibe, or a, I guess we want fantasy, but like yeah, I, I think I don't know. I've got a couple of different well, a couple of different ones going for different societies. Well, that, yeah, that could be interesting. But, to have a society that is more advanced and less advanced and their interactions yeah. would be very interesting. But I think overall we do have a bit of a tone or a theme that we're yes. going to. Yes. That we're going for. Because we want it to be, I think we talked about the setting being sort of bright and homely. Yeah. And um, like I think there'll definitely be a lot of stories of like this is the ideal home and mm. then they're leaving the ideal home and mm. you know in the hero's journey arc and then returning yeah, yeah. and things have changed yeah yeah mm. and, and like I, think, I think like um high elven society isn't the kind of feel we're going no, for no no that's often associated with big ancient forests big tree yeah um big tree big elf yeah no not we're trying to subvert that no i i, I like the idea of um really earthy lots of i i picture like little mushroom people oh my god yeah. Oh, races. That's something I hadn't even thought of. Yeah, right? Okay, I'm just running that down. Yes. Because, um, like, uh, so I have, I've had, like, three different ideas for society. So we have yes. this, this kind of cobbled together, shambled one built into that segmented bark. Yep. But then I was thinking of another kind of uh, more, I don't know, a bit more developed society. Right. So where they, they do carved directly into the mm-hmm. bark of the trees and mm-hmm. they, they, they carve their homes and and um, all their entire towns into the bark of these trees and they'd be a bit more um, sophisticated in yeah. their architecture yeah. um, just because perhaps they've uh, been around for a bit longer I mean, they just, They've s- struck upon some sort of arcane wealth like magical yeah, yeah. thing that makes them more capable than mm. other um, uh, cultures around Yeah, um and for them, I, I imagine them um, being um, quite homely and quaint. But I, I, I picture lots of, like, white woods and, mm. and stuff like that. Or the streets kind of um, spiral around the trunk of the yeah, tree. Yeah, very structured. And, and you'd chaotic. have... So all, like, all these homes and buildings then carved into the tree. And I imagine because it's a giant forest, it'd be pretty wet and there'd be plenty of rain and stuff yes. like that. So they'd even have, like little canals dug into wow, it so yeah. there'd be constantly water running down the center of the tree i was just, just thinking to... about I, I i feel like as a light source it'd be interesting if there was a way for them to 
tap into the tree and get like the sap mm. and have these like sap funnels running throughout that oh, are cool. lit um, with this oh, like arcane wow. flame. That'd be cool. Yeah, like, I like, like that. Like a green flame perhaps or, mm. or something like that. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, just like, like a colored flame and like I'm, I'm seeing this vision of, of these spirals running down with these pipes of wood mm. carved like it'd be a very sophisticated mm. process to have to like carve these wooden pipes yes. with um, little flickering flames. Oh, throughout. nice. I mm. like that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I was also thinking of, as you were talking, a, a pastoral society, wherein the farming that they're doing is like sheets of fungus mm. running all along the, the sides of the trees that are massive. You know, they're yeah. like the size of fields oh, nice. that are like curving down and then like big mushrooms and things. Yeah, and that's and the food source for the whole oh, city. Def- I, I picture them like... Um... Like strategically growing mushrooms as awnings above the top of their house. Oh god, that's cool. Like that. Yeah, absolutely. And like you could have even uh, using different species of fungus and mushroom and yep. stuff for different purposes, like a growing moss as carpets. Yes. And stuff like that. Oh my or god. Like, oh, like like spinning it even. You know. Yeah. Oh, what what are those really really thin mushrooms? And and anoki. Sure. I I wait. I've got. I literally got some. Give me a second. Yeah, go check the name. <laughs> You know, it's possible that we'll edit this out, but maybe this is Dylan's special time, where he just talks to the audience, has a nice discussion. Um, just, uh, you know, we, we really get to know each other. It's like, a, it's like a special time between you and me. And also later when Alicia is editing this, she'll be able to listen outside of the room. So future Alicia, nice to talk to you. I'm waiting for current Alicia to get back with some information about mushrooms. Oh, hi. You know I am going to hear whatever you heard. I yeah. do know that. Okay. Uh, yes, I was right. They are called enoki. Enoki. Enoki mushrooms. You can have like, like they're really name. like tall and thin. My first instinct is to grow them as like fences along these walkways. Mm. But I feel like there are plenty of things you could do with them. Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, you could use them for like spear shafts or mm. arrow shafts. Because yeah. and... I think we'll need to look into have other species perhaps adapted to be able to utilize this energy like the trees have so is there is there giant fungus is there giant because these people are still human sized yes um they're humanoid sized they're not tiny people um i think there'll be like a subset of related plants that are very um adaptable so it's it's like they are they come from the same root source pun um you know they they have the same common ancestor but these they have mushrooms in there and trees and things like that, and probably sentient creatures as well. Mm. Like like these defender creatures, I'm sort of imagining mm. that like like they're tree guardians or whatever. Yeah. That, I, that I have points to a thing to say about that, oh, really? but I'll get back to it just so I can mention another thing I thought of of like having because I looked up a picture of uh, like close ups of moss mm-hmm. and they just look like fields of shrubs mm. and that could be something to work with absolutely no um, absolutely I think that's that, really, that cool. Could be really cool I'm imagining like a an, an enormous branch coming mm. out like a, a big uh, hillside it looks like and it's covered in this moss with uh, yeah. people tending it like a field and little fences <gasps> oh, throughout of so these anoki yeah you sort can of picture posts. them with like little wide brimmed hats yes and stuff. which are just mushrooms yeah. um, oh my god they're on their heads mushroom, <sighs> mushroom toes so yeah it's such a sweet setting. I need mushroom cows, just a side note. <laughs> That's a Minecraft thing as well. Than, than yeah, mushrooms. it's it's big at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one thing I was really excited to talk about was Dryad. Yeah. Uh, and I know that's a very D&D thing. I'm, are they a creature that only shows up in D&D? No, no, they're from, um, you've got Dryads and Naiads in Greek mythology. Okay, cool. That's good. Yeah. Um, well, uh, one thing that we briefly spoke about that I think would be cool to talk about again was tree stride. 
Yeah. Um, that at least in D and D, Dryad can walk into one tree and they pretty much teleport out of another. Mm. Which in this case, um, would be massive. Yes. Because um, that's everything. Yeah, yeah. Spending the uh, the distance between trees would be absolutely huge and very difficult for a normal person to span. So yeah, you would sort of have this. Um race unhinged by space yes uh, yeah mm. they could like um act as messengers between different uh civilizations mm. and forests and stuff like that but another point that i wanted to talk about that i was more excited about is that um dryad are kind of spawned from a tree so what if you had a dryad that spawned from one of these giant trees big dryad <laughs> <gasps> I love... Oh my gosh. Oh, and then I'm, I'm immediately thinking about like a forest on the back of this massive dryad and like people living there, yes. which is just moving into another setting I made one time where okay. things lived on the back of other things, but yes. mm-hmm. still cool. <laughs> yeah, but I, I imagine giant dryads walking around acting as guardians of this forest and even watching over different civilizations. And... <sighs> There's a sort of... Um... Kaiju, like like oh. Axe, oh puppy dog, what are you grumpy about? You want to drink my tea? <laughs> she wants the tea. There's none left. Sorry. You can just put it on the ground so she knows. She's still gonna want it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> okay, going back. Mm-hmm. There's a sort of kaiju aspect to that that I love. Like I've been thinking about a lot. Um, this sort of balance between, I guess, defenders of nature as these like massive creatures um there's an, another talking about nausicaa again um mm-hmm. Nausicaa. um they have like the forest defends itself by making these insects um mm-hmm. that um fend off people who destroy the forest or kill any of the insects like mess with the ecology mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. mess with the purpose of the forest um and i like the idea of these massive dryads as like defenders who yeah, are yeah. dealing with like huge creatures and i mean i don't know what those would be like dragons or um because it's fantasy like anything anything yeah exactly um but you could even have them as less the defenders of nature but like more the defenders of humanity or of like people Mm. like they are the representatives of people in the forest and then the forest itself makes its own creatures Mm. like they are the old nature versus this new nature in the new forest yeah i don't know it's it's something to consider yeah definitely Okay, um, we just lost 10 minutes worth of stuff. Yeah. Because my laptop is full and we didn't realize. <laughs> but, I mean, at least no one will know what they're missing out on. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't even remember, so. <laughs> Neither do I. Yeah. Um, so the last thing you were saying was about the dryads being guardians and stuff of the trees. Yes, so... Um... I think we should just speak about like as much as we can and if yeah. we've already spoken about it I can just well, I tape like it together as we were saying um, when we were talking <laughs> about um, technical difficulties um, like dealing with technical difficulties we've covered a lot of like law and nature we've got these sort of uh, different societies we've mm. got a couple different features that we can have as conflicts what do we want to go away now and write for the stories which people have already heard yes um what is the, the tone and theme? The thing is, we haven't really looked into any specific characters or anything like no. that. So are we going to focus on an individual? Uh, is it going to be like a retelling of the history of a certain town? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think I think a person's life... And I don't think... I think, a, you know, uh, we will be inclined in this project to... Uh, 
write stories that are introductions to the world. Mm. And I think we don't need to do that. Yeah. I think that we can be try and be succinct and do as much uh, world transference as possible in as few words mm-hmm. um, uh, as we have. Yeah. Like, we're not going to be writing a story that is a history, an introduction, uh, a whole person's life. I think just an interaction, you know. Okay, um, nice. But something like, something like an episode of a show, you mm. know. That's that's the sort of plot that we want to aim for. Yeah, gotcha. Like mid tier threat level or um, investment, you know. Um, not low stakes, but mm-hmm. like not world ending sort of stuff. Uh, you're like local threat um, and very like halcyon, you know, like forlorn and positive and happy that's sort of the tone mm-hmm. that i think would be a nice mm-hmm. story okay um well uh something we we chatted about that was deleted was uh the idea of like pieces of bark falling off that right. would destroy towns and yes, stuff like the, that yes it's sort of a concept of the tree defending itself or of um the just a natural process of yeah. things happening on trees and that would have an effect on the people living on those trees exactly um and I, I also spoke about the idea of maybe um, population control might be yeah. something that happens yeah. in order to make sure they don't uh, trigger those kind of events mm-hmm. that could potentially um, harm their civilization. Um, so perhaps our story will, maybe not directly in the aftermath, because that might be too intense a introductory story, Yeah. Um, but maybe a few years after that, so people are, they're kind of settling back into... It's sort of like a... Yeah, like a post-trauma or post, um, uh, I want to say, disaster. Yeah, know? yeah. Mm. Um, society that's that's dealing with stuff like that. Yeah, and I imagine maybe like half the town was uh, lost to the forest floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Given back to the earth. Yeah. I like, yeah. Some, we could come up with some cool terms that are used for this. There's a lot of, we talked about the um, ideology as well. I think mm. that was lost. Um, and if we're repeating ourselves, sorry. Um, <clears throat> of like the trees like balance being a huge part of um, mm. lifestyle yeah. uh, and mythology and belief in that like the trees control um, like if you have too many too many resources too many people things get out of hand yeah. and you know you lose bark or mm. you have the dryads coming to defend the tree from being like overused and stuff mm. like that I think we may have even lost the discussion of the and if not you can just edit this out yep um, of the uh, advanced like society who uses like yes. the industrial okay, society. Okay, do you want to yeah, recap and, that? Well, it was just like the idea of a society that uses um, like the sap and the fruits and stuff mm. like that to make like war machines. Um, yeah. But I think, I mean, they don't have access to metal, so mm. war machines is not the right word. But like some sort of advanced structure. Like kind of a golem that's powered by this. That's very cool. Yes, because we were talking about um, taking the druid. Uh, so that I did it again. The dryad blood mm. um, and fueling spells like powerful magic mm. through blood magic, and they've like corrupted the heart of their tree. Um, so instead of having the green leaves, uh, yeah. it has like red sap, blood red sap, blood red leaves, and like this crimson yeah, or white cool. fire um, when you light the uh, light the sap. Um, and those are that's like one of the forces that are, is a conflict in this world. Yeah. Um, along with the um, non-Euclidean space, um, like the, the the strange endless trees, the infinite, the, mm. the areas of, of infinite trees. Mm. Um, 
Oh, that reminded me of another thing that I think we lost. Um, the idea of, are there oceans? Yes, yes. Like, And I think that, that fits into a larger area of, like, it's not just a forest biome. You can sort of, like, slot in all of these different... Like, it does... In an infinite space, or, like, an endless mm. space, you can have anything possible. And so, like, yeah, what we're talking about is an ocean, like a massive, like, baobab tree or an empty, mm. like, dead tree that has stored water over hundreds of years yeah, yeah. and is now an ocean yeah and, and like they have docks and things that people live in yeah nice and and like uh branches of old big trees that mm. have uh been carved out to make rivers yeah. um, flowing all over the place so cool but um back to the tone of the of the stories i think yeah like a new arrival story is a good one mm. um mm-hmm. to tell uh like we have this culture that is like left behind you know mm. uh after a disaster and yeah. then there is uh, a group maybe a refugee group mm-hmm. um and like conflict about that uh you were you some here's another thing that was lost um oh. you mentioned uh in the idea of overpopulation and stuff maybe mm. one of the ways they got rid of uh people excess people was to exile them so maybe yes that's these right yes are... these these um nomadic exiles and i think when i was just about to say um when we lost it that uh, an idea of them using like a magic as like a transportation system like I, I immediately had this idea of like a caravan driven by insects or yes. something massive insects and then they have like these magical vines that are like grappling hooks that mm. let them like move between the trees mm. and like across branches and stuff like that when they can't get across easily and they like make bridges like that and um you know swing between the trees and it's just like nice. these nomadic bands yeah yeah that's caravans. really cool yeah so maybe you know you have the nomads arrive and something like that yeah no i like that idea of um this group of exiles showing up to mm. this mm. but it, you know it may not even be the exiles i just i think an arrival story is a good one to tell mm. uh, it could be a war band from the advanced place it could be um or from the industrial place it could be a group of traders from the industrial, the like advanced, um, uh, mm. structured society, yeah, yeah, yeah. or I like I I've just assumed that we're setting it in the um, either the rickety um, Venetian place or the pastoral place. Yeah, me too. Mm. They seem to be the main ones. They're, I'm they're focusing good on. ones to start with. Yeah, they're solid aesthetics. Yes. Um, I I could even be one of these like messenger dryads coming to yeah. one of the places, mm. Mm. bringing news of something big. Something yeah. change, mm-hmm. mm. but I think that's that's most of what we need to. What yeah, we need to cover. I think this is a solid basis. I think we can. Mm. I mean, there are definitely lots of other things we can cover in this world. It's I a think huge setting, yeah. when when you've got an environment that th- that's this big, there are different there are different environments and ecosystems that can fit within that bigger one, and that yeah. gives us so many different things we can explore. Yeah, uh, different civilizations and even what the rest of this world looks like. Yeah, different characters in it. Um, but I think this is a good basis for our first story. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it was I'm so excited. Good. No. Oh, it's fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm so excited to see what we do with it. Yeah, me too. Juice is just a really fast salad. Welcome to the Sky Machine.
Welcome to the Sky Machine, a collective world-building podcast about dynamic, fantastical, and concise storytelling. And we decided to start with a weird, not a quote, but just, just like... It's not a quote, because this is just a thought that I had Something to ruminate day. on. Oh, no, more just... And Here we s- go, we're starting now. Okay, yeah, so, <laughs> like a, like a, I think that's a, because this is part three, this is, this is the, um, this is the sort of advice and discussion section, and one of, an advice tip that I always give people is to start your short stories running. Yeah. So, like, sometimes literally, like, she ran blah, 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 down the, the, mm-hmm. the hall, but, like, you know, cut out the intro, cut out the, you yep. know, the, the like, cut out the first paragraph, cut out the last, and there you go, there's a story. And that's literally what we just did. And you know? that, that was, like, a, that running. was, like, a good one hour's worth of thinking and you just got the, the highlight. <laughs> oh, I'm really glad I don't live in your head. Yes. So again, welcome to the Sky Machine. This is part three. This is our really casual, like, chat. Um, after... Evidently not serious. No, no. After the, the tone of, like, the discussion of the last two parts. Um, and hello, I'm Dylan. Mm-hmm. Or Alice. I have two names. because. So do I. Oh, wow. What? Having one what name is lame. <laughs> having, yeah. having one name is overrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am joined, as always, by... Uh, Alicia or Jasper? Mm-hmm. I think um, most people who are coming to listen to this probably know me as Jasper because that's mm-hmm. what I go by online. Mm-hmm. But very cool. I'm happy with both. <laughs> uh, just I, I always people always ask me like, hey, which which name do you prefer? And I'm like, I don't. I'm just happy to be spoken to. I don't mind by which name. <laughs> if, either is fine. Yeah. I have them both because I like them both. Exactly. So if I preferred one over I the would, other, I would I change would, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, we are both people who are very interested in, in world building and storytelling. We're yes. both dungeon masters mm-hmm. for Dungeons and Dragons. And writers. And, and yeah, uh, writers. We're doing uh, the same creative writing course at university. Mm-hmm. We're young and uh, crash hot and we love long walks on the beach. <laughs> um, <sighs> but uh, yeah, I, tell me tell me a little about what you've been... Like what story are you telling? You've been looking at what, what like games? what kind of stuff I do? Just yeah, just by me? Just in general, in, in relation to storytelling stuff. Okay, um, okay. Well, I'll be honest. Creative writing isn't is something I'm interested in. Mm. It's not something I've always done. I I love developing worlds, and all throughout high school, I just spent ages developing stories and building these really complex worlds and mm. multiverses, and I absolutely love it. I never really wrote them as stories. I always intended to. I just didn't. I'm exactly the same. I love storytelling. Um, I don't know if maybe writing is the way that I necessarily express that. I think that's why we both made this this podcast because it is a it is a way for us to to exercise our our love of storytelling. Um, There's a YouTube there's a YouTuber that I love called um, uh, World Building Notes is the name of the YouTube channel. It's Eva, I believe, who talks about world building for the love of world building Mm -hmm. and how they wish that um, there were more people out there who did world building for the love of world building and that's and what here you, we go exactly um and the storytelling <laughs> part is just like one part of it mm. um yeah but yeah I, I was exactly the same growing up in high school like i would n- never write down the stories they would just yeah. exist um yeah i think i i i showed you the other day i found a huge box in yeah. my garage full yeah. of maybe like 20 or so notebooks just full of because all of your, yeah all of your worlds are in the same yeah every story i tell is a part of the same world except these well well i know how they fit in <laughs> in my head canon they fit into my world but... okay well unless it comes up in the podcast it's not, not canon. It's not canon. That's okay. That's um, fair. Well, it's in the podcast now. <laughs> oh no! You got me on the technicality. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Uh, um, I uh, 
What sort I, of stories have you been like looking at? Oh, I mean, I love fantasy stuff yeah. and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, a lot of the stories I kind of think of don't necessarily fit into either. Well, the traditional view of fantasy is elves and, and yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. People and often get caught up in the in the, the differentiation between fantasy and high fantasy. Like, they think of fantasy and they think of high fantasy, but mm-hmm. fantasy and sci-fi, the lines between them are very yeah. vague. Like, Dungeons and Dragons is a science fiction, science fantasy mm-hmm. world um, uh, by its nature. And, like, yeah, often when people say fantasy, they mean high fantasy, yeah. like Lord of the Rings, elves, and mm-hmm. things like that. But fantasy is like Harry Potter with, you know, real-world things, but it's also, like, yeah, totally. any... Like, I think Gene M. All's um, Clan of the Cave Bear, which is, like, historical fiction, falls under fantasy because it's, like semi-realistic mm-hmm. historical fiction which makes it like not it's a bit, bit sci-fi as well because it's a bit speculative fiction mm-hmm. but um i mean yeah i think when we say fantasy we mean it's fantastical yes it's... exactly that was originally yeah. i think the name of that tenant of the uh, yeah. the wonder tenant was fantasy. But we just like the word wonder yeah we, we I... both watched the uh the how to train your dragon to director's um commentary or yeah. like the um yeah in that in that documentary they talk about um the, the air that they wanted to capture for How to Train Your Dragon was wonder. Mm. And I thought that that was just such a beautiful thing. And I was like, oh, that is exactly what I love about that mm. series yeah. is that it is it's, filled with wonder. It's, it's wonderful. wonderful. <laughs> Jinx. I love that podcast. I've got a pin of it. Just to, anyway, wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. Griffin and Rachel's. Anyway. Nice. <laughs> um, I don't know how much else we have to talk about. I mean, I just talked about myself. So why don't you talk about yourself? Oh, I guess so. Um, I love fantasy. I'm a big big lover of fantasy um i have patrick rothfuss's name of the wind series in front of me on my desk um i kind of like the storytelling of games like i don't play as many games as i you know think about playing like we mm-hmm. both just started playing transistor mm-hmm. which has the exact aesthetic that i love so much and we were talking about how we might do a world inspired by it, yeah. yeah that that sort of technology mm-hmm. idea um sort of art nouveau technology it's very cool mm-hmm. i just like to say quickly as well just be well, we clearly both are fantasy buffs yeah but that does not mean whatsoever that we're not going to explore other things oh absolutely uh, like, oh yeah i was going to say just just now i love sci-fi so much yeah. um that uh it's like often when i'm like oh i need to write a short story mm-hmm. i will just go to sci-fi because you could just do so much of it yeah you could just be like uh the the, the classic george R. R. martin thing of calling something plasteel mm-hmm. and it's just immediately sci-fi it's like yeah. wh- what is pla- plasteel a plastic seal i don't know but it's like fantasy babble sci-fi mm-hmm. babble that sort of stuff you can just throw them around and it's yeah. so much fun to do yeah um like I, I have a lot of with uh fantasy i find a lot a little more not challenging but like challenging in a nice way mm-hmm. whereas sci-fi i'm just like oh i can have fun yeah it's got lasers and ray guns <laughs> and aliens and big monsters and like the you know spaghetti western style stuff um in space and then also like space opera things mm. yeah see no but like i don't want to spoil any of the ideas and stuff they're working on but mm. the episode after this is literally dealing with a theme that i don't really like that much it's not one that i usually yeah. delve into but i really love the world that, exactly that yeah. we've created yeah we're, it's it's i think both of us for both of us it's a new mm. like genre i've only i used to hate this genre yeah. and i've only recently found out like creators that i'm like oh i actually love you and i, I love your stuff so much yeah, yeah. um or like i have found that i've always loved their stuff mm. and worked out why but yeah so the the short story uh, that we're doing next will be an interesting challenge because it is a yeah, a genre that is is very new to the both of us. Yeah. So yeah, we've broken it down into three parts and we sort of arranged them in listenability. There may be people out there who will just want to listen to part one, part one being the short stories that are set in the fictional worlds that we make in part two. 
um, mm -hmm. which is the world building session where we just either create or expand on a world. And then part three is like tips and tricks, just chilling, musings on writing. And uh, also we'll go over some technical stuff like uh, later we'll talk about our discord and mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I don't know how it's... Yeah. It's... it's the, the Part three is <laughs> is a mixed bag of everything else. Yeah. Um, off the top of the, the game, I wanted to... Hold on, I'm just opening my phone. Really lifting the kayfabe here. Um, ground rules or tenets kind of we have like five mm -hmm. tenets to that we try to uphold in our storytelling yeah. um and that we really like that. want to be reflected in in this podcast yeah mm. in the community that mm. we hope to build of, of, of uh, yeah. writers and things like that um but uh, they are as follows wonder complexity consistency clarity and community so yes. the, the five it was originally going to be five c's mm -hmm. because we're a a, a company <laughs> and that's how I mean, because we're broke pirates exactly <laughs> um but we couldn't find a word one of them we couldn't fit into a c so we were just like well let's lose it and then we tried to spell the word whack and that didn't work w-a-c-c-c -C -C. so now it's whack but with an apostrophe between the w and the c like so a true like... fantasy world <laughs> <laughs> um you know it's a schwa in there it works so wonder is the the sense of um, the fantastical and the mm -hmm. dreamlike that we want to capture in all of our worlds. You know, we don't yeah. ever want to tell. We don't want it to be mundane or yeah. or boring. The yeah. everyday, if the, even if it, it's we can set it can be set in a modern day world like ours, but there needs to be something that captures your imagination exactly. and, and makes it um, awesome yeah. in the very literal, the literal definition of the word. Archaic term, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> We were considering having this one under the frame familiar, but not too familiar. Yeah. Um, the next one is complexity. So mm -hmm. we want it to be interesting, unique, and dynamic. Um, yeah. Uh, like, first idea is good, fifth idea is better. Mm -hmm. You know, like, take it that next few steps. Yeah, um, yeah n never boring or 2D. Yeah. Characters need to be unique and exactly. realistic. And, mm. yeah, yeah, that goes for, you know, heroes and villains and side mm -hmm. characters and stuff like yeah. that. Consistency. So this is to do with theming, um, having each world or each story based around a consistent theme um, for the world building and the characterization to keep worlds mm. having like a consistent feeling. Yeah. So so whether that's that's like uh, we're specifically aiming for like a sci-fi or a noir world, or yeah. it could be the actual tone we're trying to convey. Exactly. In it. You know, we're having like this like Studio Ghibli style uh, like. Uh, beautiful, romantic, like like artful world, and then it's like horror out of mm. nowhere. And I'm like, I die. and that is a cool tone. If that's the theme, as both yeah. of those mixed, I've, I've just if... had a really cool idea. But um, <laughs> if it's just one, and then the other comes in, yeah. Unless there's a point to that, unless yeah. that is the theme, yeah. you've got to remember. Turn yeah, out. and that, that's important in um, making sure you're properly immersed in the world. Exactly. Like jumping around from theme to theme can be okay if you plan it and execute it properly but otherwise if it there can is just, a point to it if it, it otherwise yeah. it can just kind of break you out of that that story our next thing is clarity mm -hmm. keeping things clear and concise yes and then the one after that is community community is um both to do with when we if we create some sort of community around people we want mm -hmm. it to be inclusive but also we want the stories to not like uh, I think we have written down don't write out of spite and cruelty be a fan of the writing yes so you're never never writing a hate piece essentially mm -hmm. um, yeah I think this both uh, lends itself to people in the stories that we're writing about and yep. um, being respectful of them but mm -hmm. also the people that are around this podcast Absolutely. and um, we want to create it in a way so that you the listener can interact with the stories that we're making and you can have influence over the stories that we're telling 
um, and yeah. you can be the writers in it as well. Yeah. Um, and so this little community that we want to build, we we want to make sure that that's that's done respectfully and that everyone um, that's as everyone inclusive. has their say. Everyone yeah. has a, is a part of it. Yeah, it's, it's as inclusive as we can make it. So those yeah. are the those are the main sort of like we wanted to get the tenets out. We wanted to talk about the three parts, and we sort of breezed over all of that very quickly. Um, yeah. Did you want to talk about the Discord? Yeah, sure. Because I don't to. know what that is. That's okay. Um, so uh, when we're discussing worlds and stuff, we're probably going to end up talking about resources quite a bit. Like yeah. I draw on lots of bits of information, uh, bits of uh, inspiration, sorry, for yeah. the stories I come up with, uh, like pictures and stuff like that. And I think it's important for you to be able to see where I'm drawing inspiration from them. Mm. Um, and and so on so i've put together a discord which is not only going to function as a chat for uh listeners and for us to participate in as well but it's also going to work as a place where i can upload resources that we use that Mm. you can have a look at yeah so this is going to kind of require you to know a bit about how Discord works, but if you don't, that's okay as well, because I'm going to put together a bit of a guide as to how this whole system will work. So even if you've never used it, you'll be able to Explain understand. Explain it so I can understand. So, uh, this Discord's going to be called the Sky Machine, of course. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Basically, the way that it's going to work is that there will be two different channels for every world that we create. There will be a general chat where everyone can talk. You can discuss ideas about the world, uh, about um, certain ideas you might have for it, mm. um, everything like that. Yep. So you can discuss it with other people. You can discuss it with us and propose ideas for it and stuff like that. Yeah, there'll sort of be a system of like semi-canon. Like mm. if everyone sort of agrees on cool ideas, then we'll review them. And if we think they work, then yeah. they'll probably become part of it. And it's it's only really like canonical if it comes up in the world building yeah. uh, episode um yeah if it's not mentioned if it's not mentioned in there and it's not mentioned in one of the stories it doesn't quite exist yet but yeah. uh, it's in the running to do so yeah so if and you guys come up with something that's real rad yeah yeah then then probably, it, it'll probably show yeah. up and we'll, de- we'll definitely revisit worlds like i think we've already probably decided we're probably going to revisit big trees we again. love big trees so much yes very much i've already got half of a story written for mm-hmm. big trees yeah about some travelers so mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah so um every world is going to have two chats there's that first general one but then there's going to be a secondary chat for each world this one is identified uh by a light bulb mm. uh symbol next to the name of it this one uh only you and i can right. post things on it and that's where i'm going to put resources that we have yeah. referenced so in have to... that particular uh yeah. For that particular world. So you don't have to like, scroll through the conversation no. to find yes, that's the true. one video or whatever. Before I post a list of resources that are associated with a particular episode, I will post the name of the episode and the date on which it was released and pin that message to that particular chat. Mm. So when you're then listening to an episode, you can look through the pinned messages for that particular world, click on the episode and the date it was released, so you get taken directly to those resources. Uh, I know this is a little bit complicated. Um, there is a guide on the Discord as to how it all works. That's just under general channels and it's the server guide and I'm going to put in exactly how that all works. Mm. So if you need any clarification, it's there. And if you ever need any clarification as to how it works and how to find anything, um, just ask me in the general chat. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, sure, surely someone will help. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because, um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a big part of the aspect of yeah. community we want to bring. It's just like, it, you know help people i don't know yeah yeah no absolutely um 
And if you have resources that you use and you want to share, feel free to put them oh, in the yeah, chat. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. That's always helpful. Yeah, totally. And mm-hmm. if I think they're good, I could I'm I can pin things to the chat as well. Yeah. Um, so you can go back and find those resources again. Um, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I ask though, if you do post stuff, um, please make sure there's like a, a good link back to the original source. I think because we're going to be using lots of stuff from artists and these people work really hard and they absolutely. deserve the, yeah. they deserve um, the, the credit for, yeah. for doing all this hard work. And surely this is we don't the best just... thing. Like they may have other things out yeah. there that you want to see. And yeah, totally. Like that. Yeah. Um, tips? Tips and tricks? Things yeah. we like? Uh, I haven't, I had a tip. Yeah, so every week we want to try and have a couple tips and tricks, things that we've learned. Um, I, the thing that I always tell people is, or the thing that I try to practice Mm -hmm. um, is to be succinct. um, And that's why it's one of the the tenets I I vied really hard for it to be in there, um, is taking as little time as possible to say as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's just like, Role important. I don't do it when I talk mm-hmm. because I am not conscious of my thoughts while I'm talking. It no. just comes out. Um, but I feel like probably the more I practice it, the more it happens innately. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is that is my tip: is to be to be succinct. To uh, and I feel like people say this all the time. Maybe I uh, hopefully I've said it in a way that someone understands. You know, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Try to try to read as much as possible listen as much as possible because you'll hear the same advice over and over again yeah. eventually someone will say it in the language you understand and it'll click um mm, yeah like when people are like you need to do more exercise and they say it over and over again and i'm like all right and then one person says it in the exact way they're like mm-hmm. hey oxygen and getting your blood moving helps and i'm like oh that's a good point i yeah. can do more exercise yeah yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah totally mm. i think our audience is going to end up being a bit of a mixture of writers and people who play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I like, mean, it's it's. I assume over time this will accidentally evolve into a D and D thing yes. because we both have a love of it, and it's most mm-hmm. of what we talk about. Yes, it is. It is like sixty percent of my personality, yeah. and the rest of it's Doctor Who. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think people just got a, a very distinct visual image of what you look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, they're not yeah. incorrect. Yeah, no. What you're picturing right now, that's it. Mm-hmm. If, if you like to draw, draw what you think I look like and put it in the Discord, please. <laughs> you won't, you, it'll, it'll be really It'll easy. be spot on. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so this is just a thing that I do in the D&D games that mm. I run that I think is fun. Yeah. And because, um, well, I like to make D&D games a bit of an event. You really do. I, yeah, I, I do. Because, uh, I mean, there are some <laughs> games I go to that we just... Um, get there and sit around a table and it just it feels lackluster and I want yeah. it to I want to kind of work build I know up you're not into doing it. this intentionally but I'm getting vague I'm getting real vague blogged right now no 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 I'm not talking about you it's okay I know, I know. just goofing okay. um, no you inspire me I, I want to like start doing better stuff and like Aww, you know people you. turn up and everything's prepared and everything um but most of the time when I'm playing with my regular party, it's like over Skype or yeah, like over Facebook video chat. So it's like, they can't see anything anyway. Yeah, so. I get that. You know, uh, D&D games all take different forms and stuff exactly. like that. you got to do what you can. And yeah. I, I I, just have the um, resources and the ability to mm-hmm. go that a little bit further. And so I do. So the tip I have today is not original. Uh, oh, I, did no, you get it from somewhere? Yeah, I did. Fantastic. Um, yeah, sorry to disappoint you. Uh, there's a podcast. I haven't listened to it for a while, and I need to get back into it. It's called um, DM's Block. 
It is a podcast. Oh, yeah, I think I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's a podcast uh, for DMs by DMs, and it is absolutely fantastic. If you play D and D, if you uh, actually no, if you run D and D games, definitely listen to it. I mean, if you're a player, you can. It'll definitely give you good insight into I what. Think it's, there's a there's a uh, like a cyclic sort of yeah um, learning system to being a DM and being a player. It's yeah. like the more you know about as a player, the more you know about DMing. The more the mm-hmm. more you learn about being a player, and vice versa yes. as a DM, the more you know about being a player and like. That is very true, but also I've also used a lot of ideas from there, so, you know. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'll just... I won't listen to it because of your games. Yes. But I'll just learn the DMing knowledge Mm -hmm. from you. Yes, but this this idea is from, I think, their first episode, or at least the first few of them, uh, which is doing a snack theme or snack challenge. Mm. So, um... Every session, I, I set a theme or I give them uh, my players a word, which is usually related to something they're currently doing in the game or something that is going to happen that session, so mm-hmm. a bit of foreshadowing, and they need to come up with a snack that is based around that theme. Just, just um, I think it just kind of gets people a little bit more excited, changes it from the no- uh, monotony of bringing Pringles and Oreos every time. Yeah, it's very immersive um the last was the last session we had um the snack theme was fire Mm -hmm. which was um appropriate we're dealing with this like spooky flame ghost situation um so we sort of knew that that's going to come back into the fold Mm -hmm. um and uh so i brought like a chai tea mixture with um i mean uh, you made it yourself it was really good yeah it was really fun Hmm. um i would have made one bespoke but i just grabbed the one out of my cupboard um (laughs) and then uh you made little i made little cupcakes that i tried flame like a flame kind of thing and um, i ate way too many of them yeah and And... then one of the other players brought a whole container of chilies yep and he's like he threw it down on the table and he said if you roll a one you got to eat one and of course i rolled the first one Mm -hmm. um you you handled it well though yeah i mean they were bullseye four out of five yeah, spiciness. I'm not great with spice, but mm-hmm. I felt good because I took it the best out of the yeah, three of yes. us because you didn't have to eat one. No. I don't trust you, but... You I, shouldn't, you but sh- I didn't roll a one. Okay. <laughs> um, the other two were uh, teary-eyed. Trey just couldn't sit down. No. <laughs> he just had to get up and walk around. Yeah, no, a lot, um, of, a lot of milk was had. Yeah. Those cupcakes disappeared a lot faster. <laughs> yeah, the cupcakes really helped. It was yeah. just the icing. like, yeah. And just the fact that for a while was we were like tasting a, something there's was a good. lot of butter in them so. yeah okay that's good um but yeah it, and you know when we were fighting the i still had the chili flame in my mouth when we were fighting the flame ghost again so, mm-hmm. so i you, felt you, it you, yeah it really helped with the immersion exactly when my when my boy pip delved into that flame i felt it like, <laughs> it was not fun you two were on fire yeah no oh. um but yeah that is a that is a wonderful tip mm. and trick and i'm sure it can be converted into any mm-hmm. number of things just to do with like having stories be immersive and like if you're dealing in different subject matter like uh, i don't know i guess it, I, I, my first thought was 4d movies but that's not a cool <laughs> no. man people have to make those now yeah. i'm thinking about that there's like people out there who are like that's their job and i don't mm-hmm. know how they take themselves seriously mm-hmm. I'm sure one day they'll be cool, but at that moment I just think of Shrek. Yeah, right. That's exactly that's what I thought of too. Thing. I think I've, I think I've been in that one. I have not. I just heard legend. Um, although the McAvoy brothers did go and see Hobbs and Shaw in mm-hmm. 4D. Yeah, I heard that. Um, in the, the like pop- sneezes. Pop- yeah, I don't know if that was real or if they were joking. I don't know. I if can anything's never tell. Real from, yeah. Anyway, I just take it all as fact. 4D movies. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh yes, but no. I'll, I'll put a link in the Discord to DMs block it mm-hmm. is very very good one of the best D uh, resources i found 
mm-hmm. mean, that's most of what we have to cover. I mean, we can just cut so. it short and sweet. Um, we have been uh, Dylan and Alice, mm-hmm. and my associate. And Jasper or Alicia, whichever you prefer. Uh, um, and this is The Sky Machine. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah. Goodbye. 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 probably have like an end thing that we'll say we'll figure it out we'll figure it out (laughs) okay (laughs) well done us hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.